Hello, hello, everybody. What's going on? It's Jesse Lee. You can call me hashtag Boss Lee. We're the People's Mentor, and this is episode 201 of the show. So this is actually a really long episode for what I usually do, but this is really good. For those of you who like Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People, this is basically how you do that, but in 2020. So I think you're going to get a lot of value out of this, and if you do, make sure you leave a review wherever you are listening, and screenshot this, put it in your story. This was a training I did for our team last week, and they ate it up, and I only got through like half the book. So it is a book that I would definitely grab if I have no idea what I was saying, but what I was going to say is make sure that you leave a review on the podcast and share and put in your stories. That's super important to make sure that we keep this podcast super ranked and obviously ad free. So today's reviewer of the show, if you want to be a fan of the episode, make sure you leave a five-star review wherever you're listening, is Nancy America. Her review says, amazing fire breathing dragon. Everything she says comes true. Bossley is amazing. I've been following her since before the podcast. If you are down, there is a podcast of hers for that. If you feel lost, there's a podcast episode to help you find yourself. If you are feeling overwhelmed, this is the podcast episode for you. I listen every day and go back and listen to past episodes when I feel the need. Fire, fire, fire with a bunch of emojis. I love it. I'm obsessed. Thank you so much. I appreciate you very much. And I hope you guys love episode 201 of the show. So today I want to talk about uh, a book you are all probably, actually, I'm not going to talk about a book that you're really familiar with. I'm going to talk about basically what I consider to be the updated version of it. I don't know if I told you about this book already or not. And maybe I did, maybe I didn't. I don't know. So this book you're probably familiar with, right? Like look at my spine on this book. Like how many times have I read this book? How to win friends and influence people. Uh, So many different little things where I've written notes. I've dog-eared pages. I've underlined. I've highlighted. I've circled. I've whatever. Um, I got this book, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie, maybe in... I don't know. It's interesting because I actually have a memory where my mom told me to read this book when I still lived at her house. So I moved out when I was 16. So I don't know how long ago that was a long time ago. Uh, but I don't think I read this until, uh, maybe nine, 10 years ago. And so I've referenced this book many, many times. And I think that if you haven't read it, it's still, uh, I think it's a great book anyway. I am actually going to train though from this book, which is one of my favorite books uh, over the last year. It's called The Soulful Art of Persuasion. And the best way for me to explain this book um, <clears throat> is that I think it's like this book, but for 2020. Does that make sense? <clears throat> so uh, this book how to Win Friends and Influence People was written in 1936. And it's not to say that it's not an amazing book and still things are applicable, but I think that certain things change. I think communication styles change. As one piece of um, example that I don't think works very well anymore, uh, the whole name thing. Like, I know we care about our names, but in this book, it talks about how to win friends and influence people. It's like, you know, making sure you use their names and then use them consistently, Right. And I think now people are like, why are you saying my name? Like you like it when I'm like, Hey, Jenny Lynn. Hey, Naisha. What's up, Brittany? Hey, Mindy. Hey, Lee and Tracy. You know, what's up, Annalie? Hey, Deb. Hey, Sydney. You like it when it's like one or two times you're like, yay, say my name. But if you're in the middle of a conversation where it's like, you know what I mean? Tina Joe, like, don't I value your opinion? Tina Joe, can you please like Tina Joe, my girl, you're just like, you read a book with a red and white cover, didn't you? Okay, and it starts to make you go, okay, all right, I'm getting persuaded, aka manipulated, okay? And so I really liked this book, Soulful Art of Persuasion. I've read it twice now. Um, and I actually reached out to the author and might buy a whole bunch of uh, a bunch of copies of it just because it really is that good, and I think it's one of those things um, we, quite frankly, could all continue learning. So um, basically... Um, it's this book, why I love it probably is because it's about 
It's about developing character in yourself instead of relying on those tactics almost of manipulation and flattery and short-term gains. It's more about engaging. It's more about engaging instead of insisting. It's more about empathy and getting to know people and communicating the values you have that you want to move forward in business. And so how it's more like how to get people to actually trust you in business instead of how can I close a quick sale? And so that's what bothers me is that this is more, in my opinion, how to close a quick sale, how to influence people to do something, uh, to do something. And then the reason I wanted to train on this, the reason I thought about it was because I started thinking about how last night's training, I was talking about soul, right? How your business needs to have soul. You know, how many of you remember that from last night? Uh, how many of you enjoyed training last night? <clears throat> I have to tell you, I didn't have notes. And I was really nervous. Like I had um, a couple of words scribbled on an envelope. Sydney probably saw. I literally scribbled like a couple things on an envelope. I don't know where it came from. So I was like, oh my God, like I need to put that on a podcast or something. That was just like actual flames shooting out of my mouth. That was awesome. So at any rate, um, I think that this book is just excellent. So let's jump in. So persuasion almost feels like um, more of like being... I feel like you can persuade more if you are the kind of person you want to be. And I don't want you to become skilled at sweet talking. I want you to become uh, the individual you're supposed to be, right? I want you to become the individual that people want to agree with. I want you to become the person that um, conveys trust in people and makes people go, oh my gosh, I want to get around that person. And I think that comes from being genuine and again, soulful. So what is soulful persuasion? And the four main categories that he talks about are originality, write that down, generosity, empathy, and then actually being soulful, okay? And so these things, obviously, all four of those are, are key to getting people to want to do business with you and then turning into that kind or becoming more of the kind of person you are, not turning into a person that people want to be attracted to. Because at some level, whether it's our ketone businesses, whether it's a romantic relationship, whether it's a friendship, whether it's whatever, we are all, would you agree, we are all in the business somehow, some way of persuasion, right? I get asked a lot, how do I develop more leaders? I was just asked that on a coaching call this morning uh, with Brittany Anderson. And it is one of the reasons that I started thinking about this today. Well, you have to persuade people that they're better than they are. And then you have to persuade them to get on trainings. And then you have to persuade them through your own authenticity and your own originality and your own generosity and your own heart that they're worth it. You know, because it's interesting, there is definitely this paradigm shift in the last couple of years where network marketing has become a lot more feminine. Um, just, it just is. Uh, and so, and not in like a, oh, men can't succeed way, but more in like a, you can't have the toxic masculinity. So the men who are on here, um, I think if you look back 10 years, it was more like, here's my fancy car, like, screw you, I'm the big leader, F off, you, I'm an untouchable. You know, I would talk, I talked to the Italians a good bit and, uh, they would talk about how you literally had to like RSVP to spend two minutes, two minutes with the main guy. And they were, they still, even after basically living with me in Italy for 40 days, they're like, I can't believe it, Jesse Lee. Like you, like I'm able to just wake up with you and like eat breakfast with you and, and spend time with you. And I don't have to 
you know, tiptoe around and whatever. And so all of that I think has started to shift. And that's really, I think why I love this book. So originality more so means, can you speak with your own authenticity? Can you speak with your own honesty? Okay. Generosity is more like, can you, can you give without thinking about what you're going to get in return? Right. And I think that that's a huge difference between that book and this book. Right. Um, empathy. Can you be naturally curious about people? And seek out conversations that genuinely matter to other people. For me, for me, when it comes to empathy, and I talk about this a good bit, I talked about it on my tea time this morning even, it's just understanding that maybe the way that you were raised is not necessarily right, right? Like every single one of you on here has some different thought process around something. And empathy is understanding maybe, maybe, what I think is true because of the way I was raised is not necessarily true. And then exploring the differences there, right? Like, um, I don't know if you have ever seen when, uh, like explorers or whatever, they go find, they find like a tribe in Aboriginal Australia. Cause like those still exist, like the middle of nowhere. Those people like literally don't know what TVs are. They don't know. They've never seen, they don't know what an internet is. They don't know. They still live off the land. So it's like, how can you convince those people that what they're doing is wrong when that's what they know? And then vice versa, they wouldn't try to convince you that you're wrong either. And so that's what empathy is for me. Okay. <clears throat> so the first Principle is the originality. And the way he writes it, and I love this, is he says, turn and face the strange. Turn and face the strange. And I love this specifically for our team, I guess, because I think that what makes us so powerful more times than not is our weirdness. Okay? I'm just going to call it like I see it. You're all a bunch of freaking weirdos, but so am I. Okay. And so I think that's why this works so well. I think we're all kind of drawn to each other because we understand our originality is one of our strengths and that weirdness isn't something to fight about. It's something more so to wrap your arms around. And he talks about David, David Bowie, Bowie, is it David Bowie? I don't know who it is. I don't know. It's not my generation. Okay. I don't even know like who that is. I don't think I've heard any of his music. Sorry. But like, I know who he is like facially. He's the guy with like the crazy hair and like he wore the really strange outfits and whatever. And it's like when he stepped into, yeah, you, you're typing his last name. I still don't know how to say it. And I don't know what the labyrinth is except for it's that little maze thing. Okay. I don't know. I don't know what that is. Okay. So anyway, all right, great. Show your age. It's fine. I don't, I don't guys, I don't watch TV or movies or anything. I don't have, I am not pop culture. Don't feel old. I just, I couldn't even tell you what's going on in the Avengers. All right. So, um, anyway, so now that I've ruined this entire training for half of you, I apologize. All right. So David, what's his name with the weird hair? Okay. So now we all know who I'm talking about. He was not trying to be anybody else except for himself. And when he did that and he stepped into his own power is when he became somebody who that could, that could persuade, persuade. It's also his music. When he started doing his own music, it's like, the license to be your own strange and unique self that ends up being so genuine. Okay. I'll give you another one since I know how to say this one. How about Prince? <laughs> okay. Prince is a little on the strange side, right? He was very weird. He stood out, but it was his originality. Okay. Or queen, you know, like, I mean, just wild men, 
right? Wild men, Freddie Mercury, a wild man, okay? Their originality made them stand out. And I don't know if you've seen that movie. I'm sorry, I don't remember the name of the movie, but it's the Queen movie. And they're talking about all the times that they would say over and over and over and over and over and over again, no, this music's not what people want. We know what people want. Why are you dressed like that? What are you doing in those clothes? Like, are you gay? Are you straight? What is wrong with you? Like, Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, I love this movie, okay? And it's, there's so many business lessons actually inside of that movie. I really actually encourage that for a leadership movie. But when you are your own personal character, there's nothing to argue about, right? Because what often persuades people isn't a substance of what's, what's being said. It's not the words that are being said. It's the person saying it. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't write out notes word for word of what I'm going to talk about. I like doing trainings off of literally one word that, get, that gets me ripping because I'm just being who I am, right? I'm just talking from my heart. I'm just letting the words come out of my mouth hole, right? And so it's amazing when you step into that and you don't have to really persuade people to do anything. They're just very attracted to that genuine weirdness, whatever that is. And then if you start to look at character as, hey, it's not just this list of ethical rules that you try to follow or the personal beliefs you hold. It's also made up of the habits that you display without thinking. And that's authenticity. And so I want to say that to all of you as I look through this Zoom and see who's on here because it's not just, oh, am I, me- am I, am I m- you know, checking off the boxes of my list of character traits that I want to have. It's who are you when you don't have to think about it? Because then when you are authentic and you open up yourself, that's actually where the confidence comes out. And when it comes to persuading people, and I talked about this last night, confidence is power. I think we can all agree with that, right? Confidence is power. It's when, hey, you don't like me. It's okay. I love me, right? And I love me because I'm just being me. I'm not trying to be you. I'm not trying to fit into some kind of little box that you're able to almost put your true self out there and uh, boldly follow whatever the core values are. And in this book, here's a quote that I wrote down that I love. He says, you will never influence the world by trying to to be like it. Ooh, wow. Like I love that the strongest leaders on our team aren't trying to fit inside of some kind of box. Have you noticed, right? They're just doing whatever, and not even just our team, the world, right? Okay, you don't like the way that I do this? It's fine, it's fine. Like love him or hate him, you know, I think we all have our feelings on either side of it. Like why is Donald Trump so powerful? He don't give a rat's, you know what, whether you think he's psycho or whether you think that he is the king of the world, it does not matter to him. So why is he able to persuade people? Because you can't persuade him. Write that down. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like you can't persuade him. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. Okay. So again, you will never influence the world by trying to be like it. All right. The next part of this training, sorry, had to let the children in, is just storytelling. And I, and I, I think this is so important. And this is very, very, uh, very similar actually to how to win friends, persuasive power of storytelling. Okay. This is where 
I feel, I started to feel so aligned was, was just right on here. And he talks about, you know, people, people these days are, are quick. They're quick to, to smell the BS. They're quick to smell the, the sales funnels. They're quick to go, okay, where's where I have to enter my credit card? Hold on a second. Hold on. I know some, this smells like one of those things. This smells like one of those things. Okay. And so in today's world, if you want to persuade, you need to make a connection, which means you need to be emotional, truthful, and soulful. Okay. Storytelling is this glue that enables all of us to cooperate effectively. If you want to know why people follow some of the people on this team, it's because of that, right? It's because they tell their truth. It's because they tell their story. I've seen people go rank four to rank six in a month. There's several of you on here because somebody just got vulnerable and said, screw it. I'm just telling my story. Like, forget about it. I'm ready. Doesn't matter. I'm ready to go. Okay. And it makes people cooperate more too, you know? Because people start to see the human side of you. And if you want to persuade people, which I know you do, then it is time to show that human side, right? Because people don't, uh, they don't relate to perfection. Nobody does. And I know you know that because you've been on a thousand trainings of mine, but just a reminder. So number one, start with a simple truth, right? Be somebody who is a truth seeker. Almost like your goal of telling whatever story it is that you are about to tell is to, to convey a central human truth through your story. So central human truths, maybe it's confidence issues. Maybe it's body issues. Maybe it's, um, you know, feelings of worthiness. Maybe it's feelings of not being good enough to build a business. Maybe it's feelings of, um, you know, deserve, you know, deserving issues. I don't know. Maybe it's, um, a story of trauma. Maybe it's whatever it is, but whatever your stories are, understand that if you're conveying central human truths that people can understand through your storytelling, it allows you to persuade because people can feel your heart. Okay. So then I want you to say, you want, I want you to go back to what we said last night, which is the end of your movie should never change. Right. But understand, you know, who in your story are the people that made your life the way it is, you know? And I think that's really important because what a lot of people do in storytelling is they start to leave out important casts and characters and it starts to morph into some weird ego thing. How many of you have seen this before? It's like, oh, you know, oh no, they never did anything to help me. No, 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 no. This is, I did this on my own. Oh no, I never, never once got support from blah, blah, blah. Oh, what, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like they forget main casts and characters. And whether, let's say Melissa Hartman and I end up being mortal enemies. Now I really don't think this is ever going to happen, but I'm just saying. Let's say we end up being like mortal enemies, okay? There will still never be a part of my life where I don't have gratitude or where I would leave her out of a store. I might not use her name all the time anymore if all of a sudden she's my mortal enemy, but I would say, I would still talk about, you know, the woman from Wisconsin whose wedding I went to and, but like, whatever it is, we're, we're not fighting for anybody who's like, oh God, was it? No, no, everything's fine. Calm down, breathe. Okay. It was just a name that was popping up in the chat. Okay. But I say that because I think it's important to leave people, to leave, leave those, those characters in the story, even if you don't list them by name necessarily. So like, I don't pretend that my termination didn't happen. I don't know if you've noticed this, right? I don't leave out huge chunks of my past. A lot of people do this. A lot of people, it's like they edit and they, 
whatever. And they don't understand that again, back to point one of storytelling, people need to be able to follow the story. They need to have some kind of human, central human truth. And that central human truth in my case, in my story a lot obviously is, can we connect with betrayal? Uh, yeah. Every single one of you has been betrayed by somebody, a friend, a partner, a company, a job, a boss, something. It's a central human truth. So make sure you have your characters in the story uh, and you keep them there, okay? Um, Whatever the obstacle is, of course, you want to make sure your story has some kind of, you know, uh, resolution to the obstacle, but make sure you you have that, okay? And then when you're telling your stories, if you want to persuade, make it vivid. However, when you're telling a vivid story, and this is something I've had to get much better at, are you telling everything that needs to be told or are you enjoying hearing yourself talk? Okay. How many, I've been guilty of it. Okay. I'm not perfect. How many of you alive could have been seven minutes long and you look back on it and you're like, why was that 42 minutes long? You know? Oh God, what was I doing? Jeez. Okay. Get to the point when you're storytelling because you want to make sure that everybody's able to connect and, 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 and get in on it. Okay. And if it's too long and too drawn out and there's all these, oh, let me add, hold on a second. And then, uh, oh my, this is so random, but like there was this tree there. I don't know why it was there. I don't know if it was an apple tree or an orange tree, but there was a tree and um I leaned up against this tree I took a selfie it doesn't actually matter to the story but then I went into the room and I went to get terminated and I was like sitting there and I just I was sitting there and then this doesn't actually matter either but like I was getting these text messages from people that were like are you okay like what's going on okay that's like those details don't actually matter to your story Okay, and so what are the things that you can cut out, cut out, cut out uh, so that you can um, get to the point, answer the questions, and then people can can latch onto the story. People can't latch onto the orange tree, apple tree, whatever it is. Just get to the point as quick as you can. And then practice. There's, um, there's a lot of beauty in, I was talking to Fraser Brooks yesterday about this. There's a lot of beauty in training all of these other teams. And the reason I say that is because it's important for me to test trainings on other people, right? I like to see what's going to work. I like to see what's going, what people are going to react to. I like to see, ooh, that one hit hard. Let me write that down. So when I'm training our team, they get the best version of the training. Does that make sense? Okay, so I use live audiences to practice. And a lot of the time, I might teach it to you, teach it to two, three, four other teams. I might even then go live on it and podcast because then it gets really good. And then I can train it on a team training or I can train it on a podcast or I can train on whatever. Rehearse, 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 rehearse. And I think that's super, super powerful uh, in general. And so keep in mind that the human mind is a story processor. It's not a logic processor. That's what this book says. And I love that. So it will remember stories. It doesn't necessarily, your brain will remember stories. It doesn't necessarily remember all the logical things. And I think any of you who have ever been in a friendship or a relationship understand what I'm saying. You remember the stories of whatever has gone on in your life. You don't necessarily remember all the logical things that you should or should not do. Am I right? Am I right? Okay. Next thing I loved uh, from this book is he says, never be closing. 
if you want to uh, if you want to be more persuasive in a soulful way, he says it's very important to play the long game. And that is by emphasizing your humanity and forging human relationships because that is what pays real dividends when your goal is to you know, for lack of a better word, like win people over or persuade them to do something. And I look at this team and it's like, especially this group right here, this mastermind group, like we have real relationships. And so it's almost like you end up having a commitment to the team because you know, I know who you are. You know, you're seen, you know, you're important, you know, you matter. You're not just a cog in the wheel. You like showing up and knowing I scroll through and look at everyone's faces. Oh, there she is. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Like these little things matter. And so I think that's really important because that's just the humanity. Um, as an example, again, you know, so much of the last couple of months of my life, I think I've displayed more humanity than ever. Right. And so much of that is allowing me to recruit at a high level, even higher level, sell at an even higher level. I had a conversation with Lisa last night. She's like, your recruiting is crazy right now. I said, I know, but it's because I'm being so human and imperfect and sloppy and whatever that I'm forming even stronger relationships. People are wanting to get closer. So what are things and ways you can get closer to people? And I would say a lot of that is going to be letting those walls down. You know, it's like people say all the time on Tea Time, Jesse Lee, how do you cold message? How do you reach out to strangers? And I'm like, I literally don't do that. I'm not trying to close people like you are, not you. I'm not trying to close people like you are on Tea Time or your upline who tells you to go spam 530 people a day and you're miraculously all of a sudden going to make money. Like, I don't want to do that. That's not humanity to me. That's very this that's not very this. Does that make sense? Like that is not a soulful way to build a business. And if I can't look at you and be like, I saw some photos of Brittany Vieser yesterday. I, I almost tripped over my cart at Costco. Like I nearly died. I think I became pregnant from looking at her photos. Like, wow. Like I am sure. Okay. Like I'm pretty sure that I am impregnated from the air from not, I mean, oh, wow. Holy smokes. Like if I can't have that, I mean, it's funny, but like, if I can't have that kind of conversation, then I'm not human. If I can't have a text message conversations with Naisha or Jacoby or Megan Hunter or any of you, right? If I can't be a normal person sitting on the couch texting Mickey or whatever it is or Caroline in Australia or whatever the heck I'm doing, then I don't, I don't feel like that's the kind of business I want to run. And so I don't feel like I'm closing people. And the great irony of when you're not closing people is you close a lot of people. Does that make sense? And it feels better. It feels better because it's coming from here. It's coming from, I have a huge, a deep relationship with you. Lee and Tracy had to sit out for six months before they could build with us. And well before the six months even started, we were creating relationships, 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 because the long game is about forging relationships. It's not about being transactional. And I, and, and I remember hearing that from Brian Underwood when we first got started. He said, champion can be a transactional promotion, right? He said, you can, you can sell 30,000 points on your own. It can be very transactional, but that's not an actual business. And so if you want to build a business, if you want to build leaders, I'm telling you, it matters if you forge the relationships because that comes from purpose. The effective people in persuading come from somewhere that's deep and purposeful rather than just, you know, 
a, a brand or something. And I love that because again, Brian always talks about how we are building and cultivating a brand. It's not about ketones. Maybe you've heard him say this before. I don't know. We haven't heard from Brian for a while, but like, that's what he always says. Okay. And so I think that's important to say, because if you look at a lot of big brands, if you, if you look at the biggest brands, it's like, yes, you see the logo, but a lot of times you first get attached because of a person who was attached to it. Like what made you buy your first pair? Like, I don't know why this just popped in my head. Do you all remember, or I don't know if you know this, but Sprite was literally going under when us 80s and 90s kids were, were kids. Do you know this? So Sprite was like literally non-existent. And I think that's Pepsi or maybe it's Coke. I don't know. It's one of the two. Somebody's like mouthing something. I couldn't catch what it was. Is that Coke? Is that a Coke product? Okay. So Sprite was going under and Coke was like, this is a problem because we need to compete with something that Pepsi had. And they were like, they're not attaching to the brand. They don't understand all little cartoons. Seven up. Thank you. And so they attached baseball teams or basketball teams, like the Chicago Bulls, right? To Sprite. And all of a sudden it became sexy. And all of a sudden it became, oh my gosh, I have a relationship with Dennis Rodman. I have a relationship with Scottie Pippen. I have a relationship in my head anyway, you know, with Michael Jordan. I have a relationship with these people. And it made Sprite the number one selling soda. I don't know if you guys know that story or not. But that's because it became more than just the brand. It became more than Coca-Cola, right? It became so much bigger than that because people and humans which I guess are the same thing. <laughs> People with a purpose are more persuasive than brands. And it's that long game. Because when people feel like they're being persuaded by you, they are very less likely to be won over. Very less likely. Again, like I said, you can smell it. You can smell it coming a mile away, right? Like, hey girl. Oh, here we go. Here's the hey girl message. All right. Like I have a name. Can't you read it on my social media? Or even better when they say like, hey, Jessica. And I'm like, you're looking at my actual name on Facebook when you're typing that. So if you're going to send a Spamela Anderson message, can you at least send my proper name? That would be great. Okay. So a couple of rules in this, uh, never sell anything you wouldn't buy yourself. Okay. Now, obviously, uh, we are all selling things that we drink every single day. Okay. I want you to think about that right? I want you to think about, um, like type it in the chat. What is a product that we sell that you don't really take every day? (laughs) And I want you to ask yourself how much you suck at selling that product. (laughs) Cause guys, I can't sell better broth to save my life. Okay. I don't know nothing about that funky broth. Like, I mean, I like the French onion, but it's never on sale. So I don't ever know what to do with that. I don't know anything about that. Okay. Don't know about that life. So I don't even try. I don't try to sell it. Right. So if you want to play the long game, don't try to all of a sudden sell things you do not take on your own. Okay. Um, next thing is make sure that you never let your relationships drop to zero. Because if you want to be somebody who is truly persuasive, care more about the relationships than the transactions. And I know that's hard for some of you because we're all at different stages of our our business, but it will come. It'll come. Megan Hunter was this close to champ last month. I mean, literally this close. Okay. And I know that's frustrating. That's like the worst, but also the best. But do you want to know how she got so close to it to begin with? She was on these calls for the last six months, not just these calls, frontline calls too. And she would say, and not even just that, not even that. I'm in 
Jersey. Yeah, Jersey. I'm in Jersey at that meeting and she's there talking in front of the room like, I just want all my customers to get their ketones free. So all I talk about is you need to stop paying, paying money for ketones. Everybody needs to get two customers. We need to get everybody drinking for free, drinking for free, drinking for free, drinking for free, drinking for free. Like, and I'm like, oh my God, like she didn't even care. Like she was like, I don't care because I know what it's like to be homeless. I know what it's like to struggle. I know what it's like to not have anything, no cell phone, no nothing. Like y'all, her story, I can't wait for you to hear her actual story on her jam zoom. You'll freak out. But like, cause y'all don't even know. Well, maybe, you know, I don't know, but you need to know like caring about the relationships with those people. Holy smokes. And even like what I just did, where I just said her story and she's blushing. Like, I thought black people weren't supposed to turn colors, but like, you're definitely turning colors. So, um, anyway, melanin check. You need some sunlight or something. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Naisha's like, sister, get out of the sun. All right. But anyway, like me knowing so many things about each of you, I think that's one of those things that makes this team unstoppable is that, uh, and I talked with David Verostegui last night about this and I said, Um, We were talking about how our Mexican team is just ripping through Mexico right now. Uh, They did 200,000 points last month with a product that was backordered three of the four months, one flavor. For those of you who have no idea what happened in Mexico last month, the leadership, not just Roberto and David, but I know you two know who David and Roberto are. So just a shout out to them. Um, Unreal leadership. And I was just talking about, and he's like, well, what's, what do you think? He asked me, he said, well, what do you think is the difference between what we're doing and what other teams in Mexico are doing, I said, it's very obvious to me. This is very obvious to me. And yes, Mimi, Nay, and Jonathan are also Mexico champs, yes. Um, I said, it's very obvious to me. There's very real family relationships here. And in the Latino community in general, and certainly, you know, there in Mexico, family matters. And so being part of that and feeling like you're part of something and feeling like we have real relationships because we do is something that a lot of people don't understand. They don't understand that if you are looking at your business and you're wondering where it is right now and you're frustrated why it's not growing faster, it will. There will be a day it pops off. I mean, I love the example of the the line of Megan George, Jamie Lynn, Brie, Courtney, because that group, if Brie Nichols, which by the way, tomorrow, right? Remember tomorrow is gonna be the, the Zooms, but Brie Nichols would have left right? She went to Empire U to say goodbye, but the relationships are what kept her, right? The people there that are like, sister, like we are family. It's going to happen. Your time is coming. And so I think we talk about this a lot where it's like, we're almost like we're buying 90 days. We're buying 90 days. We're buying 90 days. We're buying 90 days. Who's in that area where they need 90 days and they just need to be loved a little more? Like that's the persuasion factor. And so when you're looking at your business, like reach out to Frasia and say, sister, love you. Thank you for being so consistent. You know, reaching out to the people who are maybe struggling and just saying, I see you. I know it was rough missing champ by this much, you know, or saying, wow, like I know you missed your goal by just a little bit, but you are so good. Or saying, you know, Christine, Caroline, like I know Australia sucks right now. You're in lockdown again. You're still amazing. We're going to get through it. You are going to figure it out. Like it might suck right now. I'm telling you, there's going to be a day that it does not suck anymore. You know, like finally, finally in Italy. Are you kidding me? Finally. I think the last boxes from March, February, 
got delivered yesterday. Like finally they got the last shipments yesterday. Like, can you imagine? And so, and it's crazy because Italy hemorrhaged out like in a big, big way, right? They had everything from a demon attack their team. Then they had big shipping issues going on. Then, I mean, it was like, then they had a Swiss cacao debacle. Like it's been a whole whatever. Okay. But I say all of these things to say, the people who are meant to be here, the relationships are so strong. And every single one of you can look at your teams, whether it's a team of two or a team of 2,000, and you can say, oh, the relationships are so strong. And if you want to continue to persuade people to do more, think long-term, think long game, think where am I going to go, where am I going to be five years from now, and think there, because that's where the persuasion comes from. I was in the tub last night talking to Lisa, which meant I took a nice long bath because uh, it's Lisa. But uh, I was talking to her and she was, oh my gosh, I was, dang it, that stupid phone call. It was a really good point. Shoot. Oh yeah. She said, Jesse Lee, I need you to think about how far you've come in three years. And that made me want to talk about it right now because I think we forget, like how many of you genuinely forget sometimes that it's none of you have even been in business here for three years in three years we're over here comparing ourselves or getting frustrated or you know uh oh gosh I'm not where I want to be it's not even been three years for some of you it's not been one year and you're over there going I don't know if this is for me I I mean you're not I know y'all are the leaders on here but come on Come on, if you're truly caring about the relationships, not the transactions, and you're thinking long-term, forget about it. Every single one of you is going to get every single place you want to go. Your star is on the rise if you are thinking long-term. I promise you, I promise you, I promise you. Uh, then he says, uh, Then he says, look for opportunities to introduce people, aka bring people together. So if you look at what we're doing right now, if you look at what we're doing right now, This is an opportunity to create those long-term relationships. Deciding to spend your time to get on this Zoom right now, obviously a privilege like we talked about last night. Spending your time on this Zoom right now, yes, it is a privilege, but also I'm intentionally bringing people together. I watch and I read that League of Legends chat every day. I see how much you're talking to each other. I see how much you are doing together. I see the collaboration. I found out, you know, Sarah and Adele are accountability partners. It started from this group, like all of these things. How have you created and brought people together? right? That's part of persuasion, bringing people together. So it doesn't have to always rely just on you. How many times do we think we have to be the be all end all? I have to tell you, there is so much beauty. And when I see people that are maybe all frontline to me, but they're all like this, that to me, I'm telling you is part of the strength and foundation of this empire is that those people work together like glue. So how can you bring your teams together? I want you to start thinking of ways to bring your teams together and closer. There's a reason that you've probably noticed this, but I haven't said it to you. I think I only said it on Italy Zoom. I love that Alberto Dergeron is on my tea times every morning. Okay, so he's a rank three in Italy, for those of you who don't know. And he's the Swiss Albi guy, okay? And I love it, and I said I love it, Because he's creating friendships throughout our American team. Do you know how important that is for the Italian team? 
Like, I want you to just kind of think for a second. Like, it's very important to me that Isabel and Angela Musco are close friends. That solidifies the German team with the American team. You understand? There's a reason I posted, if you haven't seen it, go to um, our team our team Instagram page. It's the period empire team. I posted Sasha, <laughs> Sasha's TikTok today. Like, to bring people together. Like if you have funny things like that, by the way, like feel free to send it to me because I want everybody to see that yes, we are different, but we are also so alike. And part of that ends up persuading because people can relate at a different level, okay? And the next tip he talks about if you're gonna soulfully persuade people is generosity. Give yourself away. And then he gives a quote that's a proverb that I really like and it says, they who give have all the things. They who withhold have nothing. And it's very similar to something Brian says a lot, which is what you give, you have forever. What can you give? How can you be generous? How can you give something away in every interaction? And I'm not talking money because I think that money is potentially one of the least generous things you can give because you can make money like this. Come on, guys. It's what even is money? Money's not even a real thing. You know, they're like, there's a coin shortage. I'm like, really? I'm pretty sure there are a billion people in America alone with a five-gallon jug full of coins. There's no freaking coin shortage, okay? Like, I'm pretty sure there's coins everywhere, okay? But what about time? What about your advice? What about information? What about recommendations? What about compliments? What about recognition, right? Those kinds of things are extremely persuasive, especially when they are genuine, genuine. Okay. And when he talks about persuasion, he also talks about when things go wrong, resisting the urge to blame somebody right now. I just found out that at my salon, uh, there's an $11,000 clerical error because a, uh, a, a service we use to do the auto shipments that are supposed to run every month literally ran incorrectly. And so the manager called me and she's like, we have a really big issue. And she's like, are you pissed at me? And I'm like, pissed at you? Like, no. She's like, you're so calm right now. I'm like, yeah, because it's not my job to be mad at anybody. You're the one holding the fort down over there. I'm grateful for you. I'll figure it out. Don't worry about it. She's like, oh my gosh, I promise I'm going to leave this now and I'm going to work harder. We're going to make sure we, we don't, we don't see any of these other mistakes. Like, I'm going to make sure there's no mistakes running. Like, I'm so sorry, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you don't need to worry about it. Like, it's not a problem. So acknowledging, yeah, it went wrong. And then not blaming. We hear about blame, shame, and justify. Great way to persuade people to do more without actually ever telling her to do more. Isn't that crazy how that works sometimes? Crazy. Okay? Crazy, crazy, crazy. Okay. Next, he talks about the pull of positivity. Maybe you've noticed this already, right? But soulful persuasion, he says, is all about cultivating your character. The kind of character that gives off a default setting of positivity. I like that. I want that on a shirt. Default setting positivity. I like that. Somebody write that down and send it to me. I really like that. Okay. So I just want you to think about that because positive people display some kind of generosity in their spirit. How many of you have, and I'm just guessing because I feel like we have a very positive team. I've been getting a lot of DMs lately of people who are saying on Instagram, thank you for staying so positive right now. 
Anyone else getting things like this? I'm like, what are you talking about? And they're like, all these other influencers, everything is the world is ending. 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 Oh my God. La, 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 la. I'm like, oh, I don't, I literally don't have time for the world to end. So I'm not going to uh, engage in that. I'm going to stay positive about it. And the crazy thing is that positivity is then contagious. You know, um, as much as negativity is contagious, so is positivity. And so it's kind of like when people say, oh, they're influencing me to do things. You know, they're manipulating me. I'm like, I hope I'm influencing you to become a more positive person. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So when you're, um, you know, uh, giving constructive criticism, even doing that with positivity will allow people to be persuaded to do things in an easy way. Because if the criticism is positive and helps the other person improve, then that person goes, oh, and they have an open mind. It's when we get in there and we go in with some negativity or somebody's scared to have a conversation with you that it shuts it all down, okay? Then he talks about uh, if you want to persuade more people, have more respect. And he says knowledge will give you power, but character will give you respect. And so he goes through the golden rule, which of course is always important, right? Treat others as you want to be treated. Okay, but he says the biggest key to being a respectful person is reliability. And I want you to be honest and ask yourself, are you somebody who has been reliable in your business? Are you somebody who's been doing what you say you're going to do and not making promises you won't keep, right? Are you somebody who is respecting time? You know, what's amazing is sometimes it shocks me when, um, you know, people commit to something and then it's so obviously half-hearted, You know, a lot of the time I've been starting a lot of Zooms where it's like, none of you can multitask. So like be here and be present or don't, right? One or the other. Because it's, this is, it's almost like this is your sacred time. You're allowed to be selfish and give yourself, hold on, how many minutes long is this? 48. You're allowed to give yourself, I did it, I did the math. You're allowed to give yourself 48 minutes a week to be selfish. You're allowed to give yourself a 48 minute break. Okay, that is important. It's important to be on time. It's, it's important to show up. It's, it's important to show your team the kind of leader you are. And I'm not saying you have to be perfect by any, by any stretch of the imagination. Sometimes there's things like funerals. Sometimes there's things that are unforeseen, you know, whatever happens. Sometimes your kid gets sick. Sometimes your, your brain's literally going to explode and you feel like if you don't lie down for a minute, you're actually going to die. Whatever it is, I totally understand that. Okay. But then it becomes just respect your, he's, he calls them mistakes, okay? So respect your mistakes. I don't know that you need to, the word mistake I feel like has a really negative connotation, but I will just say, take responsibility. You know, like if you're not present, just say, hey, like I, I accept that I'm literally not in a place to be on a Zoom right now. You know, or hey, you know what? Like I'm just not in a place to work my business right now. Or, you know, like right now I feel like my brain is gonna shut down, but I just want you to know that I understand that some days, Shauna, you're right in the center of my screen, you're gonna have days like this too, you know? And so like, I just wanna tell you where I am so you can know that it's safe that that's where you are right now too, right? Even that alone, now she's not scared to talk to me. Now she's not scared thinking that I'm, you know, the perfect whatever. Um, Friday, I think it was, or Thursday or something, I told the champs, I said, I'm literally not going to be working on Saturday. I'm not working Saturday. I will do one meeting. I will respond to a couple of messages here and there. I am not working Saturday because I'm going to have a mental breakdown, right? And it was just, but here's my boundary. 
you know, here it is. And nothing crazy happened. I've sold, uh, I'm just under $10,000 in trials for the week. Yesterday I was just under 8,000. And then yesterday I posted that and people went cuckoo and we're like, oh, let's okay, cool. Like nothing happened. You know, no business explosion in a negative implosion, explosion. Yes. Right. So think about that. And then, oh gosh, I've got so much more from this book, but I'm just, I know we're at the end of the time. So I will just say empathy, 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 empathy. He has like six chapters on this. Okay. He says, you need to speak to the values, concerns, and beliefs that matter the most to your people and empathetic people are natural persuaders because they listen. Right. If you are expressing empathy, then I'm just telling you more people are going to want to be persuaded by you because they don't feel like you're steamrolling over them, right? And so almost that capacity to recognize and make sense of another person's feelings, the ability to understand another person's side, like when somebody gets us, it's easier to agree with them. I will never forget. So Sharice, I don't know if you know her, her name's Sharice, she lives in Kentucky, she's on our team. I put out a podcast like when all, when like the day the Black Lives Matter stuff exploded two months ago, like I'm like, screw it. I'm doing a podcast and just like making my stance. Like, I don't care. Like nobody told me to, I just wanted to do it. Like I felt the need to do it. I felt like called to do it. So I did it. And she made this long post and she said, I don't know why I would have been like, I, I, I'm not shocked, but I don't know why I thought I need to check on my leader and make sure my leader is the kind of person that I want to be around. I should have known Jessie Lee was going to say something. Like, I know her heart. And she was just like, I am so proud. She has like crazy long things. She's like, I am so proud to be aligned with this person because I feel like she understands me. Those are the words she used. I feel like my feelings matter to her. I feel like I matter even though I don't look like her. And I'm like, wow, that's empathy. I didn't do anything spectacular. I'm not acting, asking for you to be like, oh, I'm so glad. No, that's not what this is about. I'm saying it was that, wow, she understands me. Wow, I'm not completely oversighted by her or she's not going to brush it. And you can do You can handle it however you want to. I'm just saying, I thought that was so important. And this is the same for anything. This is for sexism. This is for xenophobia. This is for any kind of other poisonous, disgusting form of discrimination. Empathy and, and understanding I will tell you right now, it allows you to listen to other people's opinions and reframe your conversation instead of arguing. And he says you should be naturally, I love this, naturally curious about others. Write that down. Naturally curious about others. If you want to persuade people to do something, if you want to get on someone's good side, ask them about them. So like in the same thing, one of the tactics, if you will, that I used is instead of me assuming I was saying everything right, I'm like, how can I help you? Like, I am so sorry that this is your reality. What can I do? Can you, I'm seeking to understand right now. Can you please tell me what it's like to be black in America? Like, I want to know. Like, talk to me. I don't understand. I am curious. And so curiosity is, it's a skill set. You know, it's a skill set you can learn. And then it's, you suppress your sense of acting like you know everything that's already worth knowing in the world. And when you do that, and when you share that, hey, I don't know how to react in this. Can you tell me what you think might be a good way to react? Even if you're not going to react the way that they ask you to react, it's empathetic. So you are seeking to understand. And this isn't, 
I know you can tell this isn't just a racism conversation. This is obviously applicable in business in every single thing, okay? But I want you to ask questions. Listen more, judge less. Listen more and judge less and seek for common ground so that you can collaborate. That's so important in business because you're going to recruit a bunch of people that don't talk like you, that don't walk like you, that don't act like you, that don't do anything like you. And those can be some of your best people in business, period. And so um, I do recommend this book, Soulful Art of Persuasion. There's so much more than that. Obviously, I can only give you um, I can only give you a couple little things since we only had a little bit of time. But I love you guys. I appreciate you so much. Thanks for being on.